0: Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This is a topic that is so important if you have relapsing MS or a progressive relapsing form of multiple sclerosis. So the topic that we're going to be diving into today is what is a relapse versus a pseudo relapse. And one reason this is so important is because They are caused by different things and therefore they are treated differently. Not all relapses are the same. And with that information, it's really important for you to know what type of relapse you are experiencing so that you can take appropriate action. And sometimes the action is super simple, like rest and relaxation, but other times it definitely requires going to the doctor and getting some form of treatment. So let's dive in and I want to start off by sharing with you that my goal for this episode is not only to educate you on what is going on with a relapse or a pseudo relapse, but also help you feel empowered. Like you have a plan of attack. You have an action plan for what to do if, and, or when you feel a relapse coming on. So for starters, I want to share that The phrase relapse or the term relapse is also called an attack, a flare, or an exacerbation. So if you hear the phrase a flare or a pseudo flare or an attack or a pseudo attack, it's all the same thing. For today's episode, I'm going to stick with the phrase relapse. So a true relapse, also known as just a regular relapse, is something that is caused from the disease process of multiple sclerosis. And usually this is due to some sort of inflammation within your brain, your spinal cord, or the optic nerves. And this inflammation blocks signals. And therefore you can experience a brand new symptom that you've never experienced before Or you might experience a symptom that you've had before, but it's been gone for the last 30 days. So that is one of the quickest ways for you to know if you are experiencing a true relapse is have I felt this symptom before? And if the answer is no, this is a brand new symptom. Or if you feel like it is a symptom you've had, but it's been gone for 30 days or more, then it might be an actual true relapse versus a pseudo relapse. And again, the cause for this is neuroinflammation. So essentially what happens is there's inflammation in the brain or spinal cord or optic nerves and that inflammation reignites a lesion that can cause symptoms. I'm going to talk about the treatment for relapses in a second, but before we do that, I first want to explain what a pseudo relapse is. And the first thing that I want to share is that pseudo, the word pseudo often means fake. And a pseudo relapse does not mean that you are faking a relapse. A pseudo relapse is real. Those symptoms are real. So I don't want you to think that if you are experiencing a pseudo relapse, that it's not justified or valid. It absolutely is. The reason it's called a pseudo-relapse is because it's not necessarily caused from neuroinflammation from the disease process of multiple sclerosis. It's instead caused from something that is triggering you. And oftentimes this is something that has to do with your core temperature, rising or lowering, but usually it's rising. So this could be something like an infection of any kind. The most common kind that I see causing pseudo relapses is a urinary tract infection. However, an upper respiratory infection, the flu, the cold, COVID, anything that is going to change your healing process and will change your core temperature can cause a pseudo relapse. And another great way to know if you're experiencing a pseudo relapse is that you are experiencing a symptom that you have currently experienced, but it is worsening. So for example, if you normally have weakness, but you are feeling extreme weakness, or if you normally have poor balance, but you are falling all over the place, your balance is so much worse or vision changes, any symptom that you have had in the recent past can flare and worsen. So that again, that might be weakness. It might be balance. It might be vision. It might be sensation, right? Any type of numbness, tingling, burning, or pins and needles, tripping. It could be bowel and bladder changes. It could be memory changes. It could be speech. It could be pain. It could be anything. But the thing to point out here is that it's something you've recently experienced, but it is worse. So an easy way to differentiate this is worsening symptoms is a pseudo-relapse. New symptoms or symptoms you haven't experienced in a very long time, a true relapse. However, another differentiating factor is how long these symptoms are lasting. Typically for pseudo-relapses, they will dissipate on their own within 24 to 48 hours. However, a true relapse will not dissipate that quickly. And so if you are experiencing a relapse, regardless of what type it is, and it's lasting beyond that 24 hour mark, you should absolutely call either your neurologist or your primary care doctor. The reason for this is because sometimes it might be a pseudo relapse caused from an infection that you don't even know you have, in which case. The way to relieve those symptoms is to cure the infection, oftentimes being antibiotics. So, if you just wait it out, it might go away on its own, but for the most part, antibiotics are needed. However, another common cause for a pseudo relapse is stress. Anytime we have stress, our core temperature often rises and that causes inflammation and that can make symptoms worse. Another one might be exercise. So, anything that triggers you can cause a pseudo relapse sleep is another big one. If you're going on low levels of sleep, that can make other symptoms worse too. So to help you differentiate what you are experiencing, if it's a true relapse or a pseudo relapse, you can ask yourself these three questions. And if your answer to any of these questions is yes, then that indicates that you are experiencing a pseudo relapse. If your answer to these questions is no, that insinuates that you are experiencing a true relapse. So question number one that you should ask yourself, is this a symptom that I have felt before? Question number two, did this symptom last less than 48 hours? Question number three, are you experiencing any triggers that might be causing worsened symptoms And triggers could be heat intolerance, cold intolerance, stress, and infection, anything like that. So, again, is this a symptom you've felt before? If yes, pseudo relapse. If no, true relapse. Did the symptom last less than 24 hours or 48 hours? If yes, pseudo relapse. If no, true relapse. And then third, are you experiencing any triggers that might be worsening symptoms? If yes, pseudo relapse. If no, actual true relapse. And sometimes you might have some yeses to some of these answers and no to others. So again, it is extremely important that you do reach out to your doctors to let them know what you are experiencing. Now, let's talk about treatment for these types of relapses. Again, for a pseudo relapse, the treatment is get rid of the trigger. So if it's caused from sleep, lack of sleep that really try your best to nap or do something that's relaxing. If it's from an infection, get some antibiotics or cure the infection. If it's from stress, implement some stress reduction techniques. If it is from exercising, stop exercising, rest, relax, give yourself what it needs to recover from that trigger. Now, if you are experiencing a true relapse caused from multiple sclerosis and neuroinflammation, the number one form of treatment is steroids. This is the first line of therapy that every neurologist will prescribe. And usually it's five days. The most common steroid that will be prescribed is solumedrol, but another option is prednisone. And usually you'll be tapered to take them over five days. Now let's say that isn't enough. So you are taking this medication, the prednisone or the solumedrol, and it's maybe helping a little bit, but your symptoms are still there. There are three other second line of actions that your neurologist might prescribe for you. So the first one is ACTHAR. So ACTHAR is a hormone that you inject into your skin and it causes your body to make its own steroids. Therefore, the idea is that it will continue to reduce those symptoms caused from the relapse. A second option is IVIG, which stands for intravenous immunoglobulin. And this is a therapy where you are given healthy antibodies from healthy donors. So again, the idea is that these antibodies will help you fight off this relapse. And the third option is total plasma exchange, also known as total plasmapheresis. And this is when the blood is taken out of your body. It's filtered and then put back into your body. This often requires about five to seven exchanges every other day, meaning that this takes about 14 days or two weeks to complete. So in my experience, this is the option that is chosen the least because it's very time-consuming, but these are the three second-line therapies that are most common to treat true relapses. Now, in addition to some of these treatments, whether you are experiencing a true relapse or a pseudo relapse might be referrals to other specialists. For example, if you are feeling muscle weakness or you're tripping more, or falling more, your neurologist may refer you to a physical therapist, or if your speech has been affected, you may be referred to a speech and language pathologist or an occupational therapist cognitive behavioral therapist. There's lots of different types of therapists and specialists that you might want to see during or after a relapse. So that potentially might be part of your treatment plan. Every neurologist is different, but it's important to know because if you want to see a physical therapist, even if your neurologist doesn't mention it, I would highly encourage you ask for a referral to a PT. Or to a speech pathologist, or whichever specialist is associated with the symptoms that you are feeling, don't hesitate to ask them, you know, hey, can I go see a PT? Can I go see an occupational therapist? At the very least, this therapist will be able to take some measurements of your strength, of your balance, of other measures, so that you have baseline information. And if they do find areas of weakness or anything to work on, then it may require some follow-up sessions, but at least you've started the process. So that might be a part of your treatment plan after a relapse or a pseudo-relapse. But I just wanted to give you two real-life examples of some of my clients who have experienced pseudo-relapses due to infections or illnesses. And I will start off by saying that, of course, every person who has MS that ends up having a pseudo-relapse will have a different experience. Even the same person who experiences a pseudo relapse might experience it different the next time they get an infection. So these are just two examples. And the reason I want to share them with you is so that you can get a better idea of potentially what to expect. Because unfortunately, if you have a relapse or a pseudo relapse, while there are treatments that we just reviewed that can help reduce the symptoms sometimes those symptoms last longer than what we'd like. So for example, I have a missing link member and he is someone who was doing the exercises consistently and was seeing amazing results. It was somewhere around the four week mark of staying consistent with his exercises where he felt like he was making a big difference. He was walking better. He was walking without a mobility aid. He was walking longer distances. And then he got the flu. And even though it only took him about a week or two to recover from the flu, the symptoms that he experienced lasted much longer. So, as soon as he was diagnosed with the flu, his core temperature increased and his mobility really started to suffer. He wasn't able to walk independently, he had to use a mobility aid. The endurance was much less. So he was only able to walk around his home comfortably, not outside and not definitely not going to and from work. He was much more fatigued. He had sensory changes in his feet. And so he was much more sedentary. And one part of recovering from a pseudo relapse due to infection is treating the infection. But another part is listening to your body. So he went from exercising about 5 to 6 days a week with his missing link exercises but when he got the flu he couldn't do that anymore and he had to stop he had to exercise just maybe 2 days a week at first and it was it was intensely modified so the exercises that he was doing were in bed or from a couch they were not standing they were all either sitting or lying down. And then after about a week or two, he went to exercising three days a week with a little bit more intensity. And then next it went up to four days a week. So he took a long time. He took about six weeks after he was recovered from the flu. So that would have been about eight weeks total from the point where he got the flu to the point where he felt like he was able to fully get back to his exercise routine and recover to the point where he was back to his physical abilities that he was at prior to getting the flu. So that was eight weeks. So even though it only took about one or two weeks to recover from the flu, It took an eight week total for him to slowly work his way back up to the point where he could walk independently for longer distances with good quality. The reason I want to mention Ed's story is twofold. First, I want you to know that it takes time. And you don't have to always have this fear that because it's taking a long time, you won't get back to where you were before. Most of the time, my clients who do suffer from pseudo relapses do recover and get back to where they were prior to the pseudo relapse. It might take four weeks or eight weeks or 16 weeks, but more times than not, they do recover. It just takes time. And secondly, I want you to know that it's okay to modify your exercise routine. It's okay to rest. It's okay to go from exercising four or five days a week to dropping to maybe one or two days a week. Listen to your body. One thing that is extremely important to know anytime you're suffering from an infection or illness, anything like that, is that your body needs rest you will not get better faster from pushing through the fatigue that you're feeling. So allowing that rest and exercising when you can in a modified way. I also wanted to share a story with you about another missing link member whose name is Sarah and Sarah similar to Ed had been consistent with her exercises for about five to six days a week had been doing really well. And again, similar to Ed was able to walk around with just a single mobility aid. So she was using a single trekking pole consistently. She also had been noticing improvements in her energy, less fatigue, but she then got COVID and COVID is a beast, but what I'm about to share with you can happen regardless of what type of Illness that you are suffering from. It could be a UTI, it could be a respiratory infection, any type of bacterial or viral infection. But in Sarah's case, she got COVID and she suffered terribly from this. She not only felt weakness and was not able to walk around her home at all, she was what she referred to as bed bound. She had to stay in bed. She did not have enough leg or core strength to feel safe with getting out of bed. So that happened. In addition to that, she lost bowel and bladder control. She also had increased sensory changes throughout her upper and lower body, including the MS hug. So this was a pretty drastic change. She went from being, for the most part, independent in her mobility and improved energy, doing whatever she wanted to do throughout the day, to now being bedbound and suffering from bladder releasing and bowel incontinence without her control. So it was a very rapid decline. In Sarah's case, it took her about five weeks to recover from COVID. And in that time, she was mostly relaxing. There were, I believe if I'm remembering correctly, there were about two to three weeks out of those five weeks that she did not exercise at all. She was just focused on resting and recovering, but about that third week mark is when she started to lightly implement some movements. And when I say light, I mean, really light. For example, she was in bed and she would go from reclined seated position to sitting up tall and then relax again, then sit up tall. And she was practicing rolling from side to side when she was in bed. She was practicing going from a lying down position to sitting at the edge of her bed and back down. So just more so these movements rather than specific exercises. In week four, she started adding more of her missing link exercises about two days a week. In week five, she was up to about three days a week, still modifying them. And she slowly continued progressing. And after about six weeks from recovery, so this would have been 11 weeks after getting COVID is when she finally felt like she was at the point where she was prior to getting COVID. So she was ambulating much better, walking around easier. Her energy was better. It took time. It took patience. It took rest. And it took modifying the program. And the reason I want to mention this is because for most people, myself included, as soon as we are impacted By anything that knocks us off of our horse and we have to change our schedule, our first thought is often fear, such as, oh my gosh, what's going to happen if I can't exercise? And please know that there's so much that you can do, including rest, getting back to where you were pre pseudo relapse or pre relapse takes time. And it is possible. I don't want you to feel like if you get a relapse or a pseudo relapse, that's just it. That's the symptom that you're going to have for the rest of your life. Again, most of the time that is not the case. So go easy on yourself. You have now some strategies to implement and you have those three questions that you can ask yourself to help you determine if this is something that might be a true relapse or a pseudo relapse Again, always communicate these symptoms with your doctor, especially if they are lasting more than 24 hours. I hope you found this episode helpful and I hope you feel confident in having a plan of attack if you do get any type of relapse.